Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. Our scripture this morning is a challenging passage from Matthew's gospel. I'm reading from chapter 25, verses 1 through 13. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a shout, look, here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the other bridesmaids came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. My family has let me know for some time now But patience is not one of my more charming characteristics. I'm I'm trying to work on it, I really am, but it just drives me crazy when I feel like some folks are trying to waste my time. I once quit on a primary care doctor over this issue. Over the course of a couple of years, it became clear that he and I had wildly different interpretations of what a nine o'clock appointment was. Last week, when the power went out in Atlanta, I got reacquainted with my impatience. I'm working on it, as I said, but last week was not a good week. I I was in traffic, Peachtree Road, at about the Equifax building coming north, and I don't know what was going on ahead of me, but I do know that the traffic light right there at the temple... I got to see turn green and red and green and red and green and red. And I had advanced about the length of a half of a Tahoe. I wasn't late for anything in particular, but I was still just boiling because I had stuff to do. I got to the office. As I said, power was out in Atlanta Found out the internet was down. I had stuff to do. Emails to return. My impatience got, well, you see. 
Now, as I said, I am working on it, but I get into hyper impatient mood at weddings and funerals. These are such high important days in the lives of families. The room is full of people who have taken time to be in attendance. And about once a year, I'll have a funeral where somebody comes up to me at about two minutes till and says, we can't start yet. Ain't Mabel and Uncle Vern hadn't gotten here yet. They're still stuck in traffic. And here we sit, waiting on Aunt Mabel and Uncle Vern who were stuck in traffic. And I boil Now, most weddings that I perform do start on time. Since the wedding party, the current culture and tradition is that the wedding party should arrive about 10 hours early with curling irons and eight cans of hairspray so that they can eat pedophores and take pictures and all of that. Weddings tend to start on time, but not wedding rehearsals. I have yet, I have yet, to perform a wedding rehearsal that the big hand got to 12 and I had every groomsman in attendance. I've had a stand-in for some groomsmen every time it drives me crazy. All right, so now that you've heard my confession, you know the lens by which I view today's story. If I'm invited to a wedding and the groom is running late, I'm not likely to just take a nap and wait around for his midnight arrival. I mean, I hope somebody videotapes the lovely couple's special occasion. But somewhere short of midnight, I'm going back to the house. But not in our story today. In our story for today, all of the bridesmaids in this story stick around until midnight. Ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. And by all accounts, all of them are on time. Five of them got dressed, got there on time, took their lamps, but no backup oil. They they showed up needing all that they would need for the wedding if it started on time. The other five also showed up on time. They had their lamps ready, but they also carried extra flasks of oil, a sandwich in case it didn't start on time, backup batteries for the camera, the charging cord for the iPhone. They had more provisions than would reasonably be needed for that day. Well, it's time for the wedding. Mother of the bride is pacing She's reapplied makeup. The updo is starting to wilt. Time for the wedding. No groom in sight. And they waited. I'm not a complete jerk. I would have waited 10, 20, 30 minutes. But this group of 10 bridesmaids stayed and took a nap and stayed until midnight. The groom is running late. The groom is still not here. It got later and later and later, and they just found a comfortable corner, took a nap. They were going to wait it out. And then at midnight, there's a shout, look, here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. 
The bridesmaids jump up. They're giddy. They get up and they put on fresh lipstick. They lit their lamps again, got ready for the festivities. But the five who brought only what they thought they would need did not have enough oil for their lamps. So, since the other five had obviously brought extra oil, they asked them if they would be willing to share. Nope, there won't be enough. So the groom and the five bridesmaids who have oil to spare go by lamplight into the wedding and the feast. And the five who are traveling light go out in search of oil to buy. But remember, it's midnight. It's not a good time to be in search of oil to buy. They have no luck. Does this seem right to you? The Bible refers to the five who brought extra as being wise and those who brought just what they thought would be enough for the occasion, foolish. Does this just seem terribly unfair? I mean, first of all, do you go to weddings making sure that you have snacks and charging cord and toothbrush and medication for the next day, maybe the next? Why is it foolish to pack as though the wedding's going to start on time? And it's the bridegroom's fault that the wedding is late and he's not called out in this story. Not only that, but the other five bridesmaids who were so stingy that they wouldn't share their extra, they don't get called out for being mean girls. But the five who show up on time waited, stayed, took a nap, hung out till midnight, brought what they thought was reasonable for a wedding that would start on time, are characterized as foolish. Then, to add insult to injury, when they give up finding oil at midnight, they come back, they find that the wedding is over. But the reception is roaring. They're having big fun. They look into the window. They see people all over doing the electric slide. They're locked, and these people are locked outside. They can't be a part of this wonderful reception. And here they are, dressed for a wedding. Remember, they did arrive on time. So they knock on the door and say, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replies, truly I tell you, I do not know you. Now keep in mind, this is a Jesus story about what the kingdom of heaven will look like. The kingdom of heaven looks like a groom who is late for his own wedding and doesn't apologize. The kingdom of heaven is like a group of bridesmaids who wear a corsage on one wrist and a tote bag on the other, full of stuff just in case, and they're called wise. The kingdom of heaven is like a group of bridesmaids who show up on time, dressed for a wedding, carrying lamps with enough oil for the occasion if it starts on time, and they're called foolish and not led into the wedding. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. 
But the wise bridesmaids didn't stay awake either. They just brought extra oil. I'm confused. In light of this past week's uncertainty, (laughs) we could have used a more comforting scripture today, couldn't we? I mean, last week we heard together the, the wonderfully comforting vision of revelation that God is forever seated on the throne. That's the kind of sturdy reassurance that we could have used this week after spending six days staring at electoral maps. But instead, we get in this Sunday Scripture a vision of the kingdom of heaven where those who thought they had what they needed to get into the party found out they didn't. And we can make stabs at what this means, but any interpretation is going to fall short of comforting. I mean, let's admit, it's a little disruptive to hear a story that suggests that minimal preparation might not be enough. I'd like some reassurance that my commitment has been more than enough to get into the party. And now I'm not so sure. Like you, I've spent the week watching people on TV who were just completely sold out to their political ideology. I've told you before that I watch both CNN and Fox News to make sure that I don't get caught up in a, in a one-voice vortex. And the coverage is completely different. But they both covered this election as though the stakes could not be higher. And they've both shown people across this country who have given their full devotion and their ultimate hope to their political party. Up all night, counting, tweeting, preparing lawsuits, throwing parties at the rainbow sidewalk, MAGA hats and Biden mugs because the stakes are so high. This troubling story about the bridesmaids who didn't have quite enough paints quite a contrast. The five bridesmaids who brought extra, they were over the top. They were all night. Extra lamp oil, full commitment to the bridegroom who sets the table for the ultimate feats. They had hats and mugs. They were all in. But the foolish bridesmaids brought just enough. In a story with far more consequence than any election cycle, the promise that the kingdom of heaven has broken in, God has come in the person of Jesus and will return again. Have you gone overboard in your eagerness and preparation and participation in the kingdom of God? Or just enough. Let that sink in. Let let me ask that again. Have you gone overboard 
in your commitment, your eagerness, your preparation, your participation in the things of the kingdom or just enough? What would over-the-top, awake anticipation look like? I mean, most of us profess that our faith is our most important value. Nothing more important, we say. God is first. My family is second. Nothing more important. (laughs) Well, I had fun this week imagining Imagining if the life of faith really were the most important thing to most of us. What if the Christian faith were really at the center and more important to us than even an election? Well, I I imagine news coverage all day, every day of what's happening in the kingdom of heaven. Let's go live to Caroline Walker, who's standing in front of Trinity United Church in Chicago. Yes, Chris, I'm indeed just outside of Trinity Church. The doors will open in 20 minutes for this morning's service. But folks have been lining up since about 7.30 this morning to hear Dr. Moss's message of Christian hope. We'll be back this afternoon to poll people to see what a difference today's message has made in their walk with Jesus. Did you know that Miss Heather is offering a Zoom-based discipleship group for fourth and fifth graders? I imagined this week major donors hosting fundraisers in their homes, inviting their powerful friends over, and making a pitch for the importance of raising millions of dollars for the discipleship of fourth and fifth graders. Then I imagined a national discussion about provisions for absentee worship. In this imagining, post-COVID, all of our sanctuaries are full, of course, but, but there are people out there who, because nothing is more important in their faith, don't want to be left out. The people who profess that their commitment to Christ stands taller than any commitment to a political party or anything else, and they're showing their zeal for that commitment by packing out sanctuaries all over the country But there's a high demand that we make provisions for absentees. Some are traveling, some are physically unable. And so there's a demand for provisions for those who can't show up in person. I imagined a a national Instagram blitz trying to get out uh, volunteers uh, to make sandwiches this week to drop off at the church. I, I imagine because feeding the hungry would be such an important value to the Christian community that, that Josh has spent all of his week lining up panel trucks and vans and training volunteers to help with the traffic flow as people come in droves to this outrageous uh, sandwich rally to feed the homeless. I imagined celebrities doing commercials for the Buckhead Christian Ministry, benefit concerts at Lakewood Amphitheater, making money to house the homeless this winter. 
I imagine that during the Clemson-Notre Dame football broadcast, they interrupted the broadcast to bring live news update that two young people from Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church have asked to be baptized in December. And because of the ultimate consequence of that decision, when they broke in and interrupted the football game, folks started honking horns and shooting off fireworks and throwing street parties. Some of the bridesmaids did just enough, and they were called foolish. But some of them were so ready, so prepared, so eager, so committed that they went the extra mile. And whether this meets our standards of fairness or not, the stakes are ultimate. The bridegroom is coming, which is why we keep our weight up on the balls of our feet. We get up on our toes because there's nothing about this preparation for the kingdom of heaven that should not get our wide open athletic best. And fair or not, the kingdom gets the fullness of our patience and our passion because it is the living Christ who holds our hope and invites us to the party. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour, and the one who throws the party is coming. Amen. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church.